welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In 1899, Lewis Grout published a monograph on the origin and early life of Brattleboro. Grout was an ordained minister who traveled to South Africa to conduct missionary work in the 1840s. While in South Africa, he often argued for aboriginal rights and found himself at odds with the British colonial government. He was not always in step with the church hierarchy, as he sometimes sided with Zulu cultural practices over church teachings. In 1862, after 15 years in South Africa, his health began to fail and he returned to Vermont. He then served as a congregational minister in Vermont and Massachusetts. In 1865, Grout became the secretary and agent for the American Missionary Association in Vermont and New Hampshire. Grout was a prolific writer. A partial list of his publications includes a grammar of the Zulu language, a history of the Zulu, a translation of Psalms, Acts, and other portions of the Bible in the Zulu language, and the local history of Brattleboro mentioned earlier. What follows is a summary of his 1890s research into Brattleboro's early land controversies. In the 1760s, at the end of the French Indian War, the provenance of Brattleboro was in question. Land in this area had been granted by the Dutch of Albany, some by the French and some by colonies of Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and New York. In the 1750s and 1760s, Benning Wentworth, the governor of New Hampshire, granted this land to settlers. His understanding of the royal boundaries of New Hampshire were colony extended west to a boundary line that ran from Lake Champlain to northwestern boundary of Massachusetts. He believed that the line between Lake Champlain and Massachusetts was the eastern boundary of New York and the western boundary of New Hampshire. In 1764, New York appealed this boundary interpretation to the King of England, who then had a council decide that New York's western boundary should be the western bank of the Connecticut River. Brattleboro then fell under control of New York and became part of the Albany County. Because Albany was so distant from this area, in 1768, the land that is now Windham and Windsor County was made into a different New York County that is known as Cumberland. On the first Tuesday in March 1768, a meeting of Brattleboro landowners was called, and the town was officially organized under New York jurisdiction. While the conflict between other towns in the New Hampshire Grants and New York. The proclivities of Brattleboro were towards New York. In 1774, when Leonard Spaulding was arrested and placed in Cumberland County's Westminster Jail for uttering treasonable words against the King of England, men from Dummerston, Putney, and other towns broke him out of jail. No Brattleboro men participated in this, in this effort. Brattleboro remained loyal to the King. In 1775, Regional landowners traveled to the Westminster Courthouse to present their grievances against an unjust and oppressive New York government. Upon hearing about the challenge to New York authority, the Cumberland County Sheriff came to Brattleboro to round up 35 men to travel with him to the courthouse to suppress the rioters. Brattleboro remained loyal to New York. In 1776 and 1777, most towns in the New Hampshire Grant sent delegates to convention meetings in Dorset, Westminster, and Windsor to establish a separate state and government that would become known as Vermont. Brattleboro did not send any delegates to these conventions, and in June 1777, held a town meeting where voters decided they would not recognize the actions taken at the convention to establish a separate state government. 
In August 1777, a vote was taken in Brattleboro to see if people wanted to join the new state of Vermont. The tally was 166 against recognition and one in favor of acknowledging the pretended state of Vermont. So great was the opposition of Brattleboro that Ethan Allen came from the west side of the mountain with a goodly number of Green Mountain boys all armed and equipped to enforce the authority of the state of Vermont. Prosecuting this work, they arrested almost all of the military and political leaders of the town, took them as prisoners to the Westminster Court, where they were tried, found guilty, and fined for their opposition to the newly formed republic. The general sentiment of the town now began to turn from New York and to set in favor of Vermont. The last town meeting under New York auspices was held on the first Tuesday in March 1781. Later that month, on March 27, 1781, another meeting was called and the town voted to accept the authority of the government of Vermont. And so it was that Brattleboro became organized as a town under the jurisdiction of Vermont and has so remained to this day. However, not all people in the area readily agreed to the change in allegiance. A rebellion of sorts was forming in the southeastern corner of the newly formed state. In 1782, the governor of Vermont ordered Ethan Allen to come to this side of the mountain again to enforce the authority of the state. Allen arrived in Marlboro with about 250 men who were sent to Brattleboro, Halifax, and Guilford to arrest those remaining loyal to New York. Allen traveled to Guilford to round up rebels and started to Brattleboro with his prisoners when he was fired upon by men from Guilford. No one was injured, but Allen had had enough. He marched his troops back into Guilford and proclaimed to the people that he would give no quarter to any man, woman, or child who should oppose him, and unless the inhabitants of Guilford should peacefully submit to the authority of Vermont, he would lay their town as desolate as Sodom and Gomorrah. Allen, with twenty or more prisoners, marched them to Westminster and told his men to shoot to kill anyone who should fire upon them. The prisoners were tried for treason, were condemned and sentenced to be imprisoned for a year in the county jail and then banished from the state, not to return upon penalty of death. Further, all of their property would be seized and sold with profits to be turned over to the Vermont government. After a little more of this kind of opposition, and a little more of this kind of punishment, the last of the local people seemed cured of their affinity for New York. As a result, town meetings became less confrontational, and Brattleboro finally became an undisputed part of Vermont. We'd like to thank Maddie, Charlie, Nina, Elias, and Caden from the Remote BAMS team for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.